Hey, this is Adam Green, the director of Hatchet, Frozen, and the star of Holliston, and you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Wait a second. Why am I doing a plug for a different podcast? No, 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 no. no. L- listen to the, the movie crypt. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Listen to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast, and then listen to the movie crypt podcast. to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast, where we talk about horror movies of the past and present. Hey, finally, we're going to talk about one of the present. Yes. This is episode 10. <laughs> All right. We've done 10 of these. Yeah. We are your hosts. I'm Richard, and with me are Will. Hello. And Jolian. Guten Tag. <laughs> yes. Will is writing and illustrating a graphic novel about the Black Dahlia, with more historical accuracy than you've ever seen before on this subject. Jolian is an illustrator and comic artist who you may have seen many of his magazine covers, DVD art, and the Lego Ninjago comic book series. I'm also an illustrator and screen printer who sometimes paints and sculpts. You can find my work at ScreenMonsters.com. Now, right out of the gate, spoiler warning. And we want to put this at the beginning of the show, don't we? Oh yeah, we're going to spoil this one. We're going to spoil the (laughs) hell out of this thing. We may reveal important plot points or conclusions of the movies we talk about. Now, maybe we'll pull our punches on the end. Um, it was all a dream. <laughs> I'm just going to blow it right now. It was all a dream. It was a, it was a concussion dream of a half-witted kid. It was like the Wizard of Oz. So you've been warned. It's got a Scooby-Doo meets Wizard of Oz ending to the movie. Uh, so turn back now if you don't want to hear it. It's too late. Okay. Yeah. Well, then let's just thank the Moonrays. All right. Thank you, Moonrays. Thank um, you. Uh, for giving us the intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find them at themoon-rays.com or buy their music on iTunes or Amazon, like we did. So what have you watched since last time, Will? Um, Fargo Season 2. Plowing um, ever forward on Fargo. Yep. Um, let's scare Jessica to death. Been a couple Ooh, other stop right there. Remember. How'd you like that? <laughs> was not good. <laughs> well, the best thing about it was its 70s mm-hmm. But I thought the main actress was touched. She was not well in the head. No. And it made you doubt everything that was on screen. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't know. But more we'll than, talk about it some other time. Yeah. More than anything, I doubted their fashion sense. Yes. I saw it like years ago. So I don't remember it much. I remember some running through reads at the end something like that yeah yeah there's somebody in a boat at the end yeah yeah well i'd pass it was all a dream in the end (laughs) isn't it always 
God, Scooby-Doo ending. I love how people are upset by the dream ending. I mean, I understand it. I feel it, too. But (laughs) it's not like the rest of the movie was real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was really cutting into this documentary we were watching, wasn't it? Are you talking about uh, Jessica or Krampus? Uh, Krampus. Any movie that ends like that. You know, people hate the dream ending. And uh, I read up about the the endings. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Excellent. How about Robot Monster? Robot monster, yep, that ends in a dream. Yep. Invaders from Mars. Mars. Yep. Can we just sit here and spoil every movie ending? That's a good one. Star Wars was all a dream. Yeah. It was, it was an android dreaming. <laughs> Jolene, what have you watched since last night? Uh, the only horror movie, well, I took a grenade for the team and I watched An American Werewolf in Paris. Bah, I took that grenade wow. a long time ago. Uh, Buzz Weekly <laughs> gives it four stars. Who the hell are Buzz Weekly? It's a guy named Buzz Weekly, isn't it? <laughs> Buzz Weekly. I have a name that sounds like a magazine. So uh, if you want me to review your stuff, give me 10 bucks. It's a hip, edgy thriller. I'm, I'm reading the blurb from the back of the uh, DVD case. Which I bought the DVD for uh, four bucks. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Which was $3 too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, featuring today's, this is 1997, today's hottest cutting edge recording artists. Take, oh. a, take a guess, 1997. Okay, wait, 1997. Um, um, who uh, would a Hollywood Sugar Ray. Sneaker pimps. Was I right, Sugar um, Ray? Almost, almost. No, okay. Another. Um, well, I would like Portishead back then. Yeah, you can think of lots of really good bands from 97. Like Portishead and Radiohead. And, yeah. This is things like... Uh, oh, I don't know if Smash Mouth yeah. was a Ray. Oh, they were on there. Are you kidding Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth was on everything. There's a lot of plaid. Somebody once told me blah, 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 blah. Uh, you've got Julie Delpy. She's good. Yeah. And she's in the Three Colors trilogy and all that. Right. Um, and Killing Zoe. Yeah. Uh, and the two set-piece werewolf attacks uh, are are on uh, people in trapped in nightclubs in Paris, which is hmm. more of a weight to it now than it did a month ago oh man but um yeah but it's yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't call it good i wouldn't mm. call it good it's the blurb on the back <laughs> from jolian weekly <laughs> jolian weekly i i weekly recommend this to children and halfwits right children Will? and halfwits yes <laughs> welcome to the children and halfwits podcast so what else have you watched other than this gem? Uh, oh, wait, 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 back up. Um, Julie Delphi, do we get to see her naked? Yes, topless. Okay. Briefly. Completely. And then, and then Tom Everett Scott <laughs> has his hands over her, and she, she plays the rest of the scene with his hands over her. Oh, hand bra? Yeah. I hate hand bra. It's stupid. And there's some CG werewolves. Uh, there's some practical stuff and, like, close-ups and things, but... Most of them are uh, CG. Now, if I if I had a stack of a million dollars here right now, I would bet all of it that Rob Bottin is not in on this at all. New. No. See, and I would still have my million dollars. <laughs> Rob uh, Bottin or Rick Baker are uh, sadly missed. Mm-hmm. What else have you watched? Um, Aside from this steaming pile of DVD. <laughs> I think that's it. I've, I've been busy. Well, I've, I've been watching stuff late at night as usual. Um... I did talk my better half into watching Bone Tomahawk with me. Oh, yeah. Is that good? Um, yeah. I was sneaky. I didn't mention, oh, by the way, this is kind of a horror movie. It's not just a Western. I'm like, yeah, it's like a Western with, uh, like, you know, Kurt Russell and 
and the mm-hmm. dude from Lost in it. Mm-hmm. And some other stuff. Uh, skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this part, because I'm going to give away something relatively important to it. It, it. it becomes clear that somebody has kidnapped somebody and that they are a tribe that maybe has something going on um, that's very dangerous and scary. Supernatural? Okay. It's not supernatural, oh, okay. but it starts to feel like maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cannibals. There, I said it. All right, they're cannibals. Yep. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> um, it's pretty gory, though. There is a, a part where they cut this dude in half from the bottom up, but they're holding him upside down. It's pretty gory. <laughs> Mm. So that was awesome. Um, totally worth a rental. Uh, I'm not being facetious. It is really good. So I watched um, a zombie movie on Netflix called State of Emergency, which was from 2011, and it was totally familiar. I feel like maybe I watched half of it and didn't finish it. So I watched it all the way through. Um, Jessica Jones, which is a Marvel property <laughs> series that's uh, made for Netflix. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I like it's a lot it. of watching that. Yeah, it's it's worth a look for sure. Uh, the material's handled really well. There's a grittiness to it, and I do like the actress. I'm totally spacing out her name, but she Kristen was... Ritter. Yes, her. She was in um, Breaking Bad as Jesse's girlfriend. Jane. Yes, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire tonight, Will. Yeah, I man. <laughs> You're on all it's cylinders. All the cocaine. <laughs> we legalized that here, didn't we? It's the crumpish nuts yes. kicking in. I hope not. I'm making money off that. So, uh, so Jessica Jones is worth it. Um, this? No. <laughs> oh, I, I. What am I carrying? It, it's not live. Hand me a CD. You can cut this later. Yeah, I could leave this in or cut this out. <laughs> that works. We're trying to we're trying to deaden the sound of things hitting the table because we have <laughs> the wrong kind of mics for this sort of thing. But this is all cut, so you're only telling yourself that. <laughs> I am. Um, note to self: cut this part out. This is the best part of the damn show. All right, what were we talking about? Um, something about Alcatraz. Oh. No. Is it we, Escape we, from Alcatraz? No, that would have been fun too. Birdman of Alcatraz. Nope. This is a new thing. There's the evidence that came out that, uh, welcome to The Rock. Uh, no, it's not that either, which I couldn't quit saying that when I was when, when I was in Alcatraz. I sound like a con. Um, I took the boat tour out to Alcatraz, and, and I spent my whole time sounding like oh and thinking God, like Sean Connery. They, they had never heard that before. I didn't, <laughs> it was I made, all new material. <laughs> I stayed the hell away from the park rangers. They look like they, they, look like they would just smack you on. Like maybe they used to guard there. Maybe they did. Um, so the Jessica Jones thing is worth a look. And then I watched this thing about the guys who escaped from Alcatraz. Mm. Um, that may or may not have made it. It looks like they made it. Yeah, I saw that photo. Extremely likely that they made it. And uh, I, I find that really kind of hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> they were prisoners who escaped from a prison. <laughs> I don't know why that's hilarious. But the fact that everyone said they couldn't do it. Mm. Um, I don't really think it's ruining a story to say that it looks like they latched onto a boat and got, got a nice toe into uh, a zone where they could actually finish paddling or swimming. Excellent. Yeah. Very uh, ingenious of them. Let's talk about the movie. Krampus. 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 So we never really flat out said to each other, we, we went on, I think it was Krampus knocked Eve, wasn't it? 
Was it? Did we go on the fifth? No, we well. I think it was the fifth. No, was we the... went on the sixth. So oh, today's the ninth. So, so we went on Krampus Day. We went on Krampus Knocked. Because it was night when we got out of the movie. Yes. So it was the night of the living Krampus. Krampus, Krampus. I don't care how you pronounce it. We never compared notes on, like, definitively, did you love it, hate it, or somewhere in between? I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I'm in between, too. Yeah, I think we there all... Were, there were some little bits that were good, but an awful lot of drag. Now, when we were watching it, um, I was sitting next to Will. I had Will on my right and Jolien on my left. Kind of like if I were to turn slightly in my chair, that would be the situation here, except for we're facing each other. Uh, I remember leaning over to Will and saying, slow pitch straight up the middle. Like every joke was just like so moronically, like, I don't that. know. It was aimed for children and half-wits. Yes. Perhaps. This movie I read, uh, I mean, I thought of half of this watching it was that it reminded me of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Somebody else online mentioned Gremlins. I think that's a perfect comparison. That's yeah, a Gremlins mashup of those it, two, yeah. but it does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, the comedy falls flat every time. They have a joke that the ant walks into the dining room and says, it looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've heard that before. It sounded, everything sounded so generic. It seemed like mm-hmm. they pulled characters from other movies rather than giving us anyone new or. It was. Even if you pulled people from other movies, breathe some life into it. Right. They had the housekeeper from that, oh, what the hell's the name of that show? Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men, yes. They had her. They had, uh, God, who was. Oh, um, Tony Collette was actually a good actress. Yeah, she was in yeah. The Sixth Sense. Yeah. And Fright Night, the remake. Oh yeah, she was, wasn't she? And um, what's that? What's that Australian movie? Mir- is it Muriel's Wedding? It was one of her really early things. I don't know. And then she did a series. What was the name of that? Where she had like the split personalities. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Is that does ER? it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was a doctor with split personalities. If she was in St. Elsewhere, that would be weird. That would be weird, wouldn't it? (laughs) So none of this is really important, is it? Because when it gets down to it, they weren't given very good material to work with. No. I thought they were a good cast. It was a great cast. I liked the cast. Um, When I saw the one trailer for this, the cast seemed interesting. Um, But, man... I only saw teaser trailers for it. I never saw an actual trailer. So I went into it completely dark as to like what's going to happen in this movie. I was pretty much in the dark. Yeah. So how did you like the opening with the crazy Black Friday stuff? Uh, yeah, I thought that was that was like setting the, you know, we're going to do Christmas Lampoon Gremlins sort of thing. Yes. And then it got really quiet for a long time. Yes, it did. I felt like this movie... Um, needed both more horror and more biting social commentary. I think with the opening, the Black Friday opening, they kind of set that up and then Mm -hmm. they fumbled early um, and just never really recovered. Did you notice, uh, did you retain the part that their son Max 
got in a scuffle with another kid because he was talking smack about Santa Claus. Yeah. 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 So he's he, like a big defender of Santa Claus right out of the gate. He's a MJ Anthony. Was that him? Yeah. 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 yeah he was good. He, he, had, he has to shoulder I, the whole thing. That kid was pretty good. I would have kept him. I spent probably 90 minutes. I'm ashamed to say this. Spent an hour and a half this morning trying to rewrite this film to make it work. <laughs> and about minute 90, I said, I've spent way more time on this than the people who made it, who wrote it originally. I'm going to give up. I could not think of a way um, to really get you to root for a monster going after kids, or at least these kids. These kids didn't seem terribly bad. The fat kid was fat and slow. I mean, that's not his fault. Mm-hmm. It didn't really seem like the like the joke worked out there. It was almost like they were referencing Bad Santa. I don't know if either of you have seen that. Yeah. And the fat kid in there, you know. And what about the kid from Trick or Treat, which this is from the same director, mm. writer-director? Writer-director. Yeah. yeah. The same the same writer-director. Uh, it's like, oh, let's pick this chubby kid with red hair that's kind of unruly hair, and uh, he's got a kind of a funny look to him. It's like, uh, are we picking on kids who look like this now? Is that what, mm-hmm. is that what this is? I mean, I don't think it's a real choice. There might be some bad parenting with his diet, but it's not the kid's fault Yeah, that he looks like he looks or that he, you know, hasn't been given better discipline to behave better. You know, if it had been a house full of just really bratty kids, I thought of this, that maybe grandma is in the movie, Omi, is having her, quote, last Christmas. Yeah, that would be dark. That would be good. Her grandkids, maybe she only had one kid who had three kids so there's like three couples and they all have kids and all of them but max are just greedy and they're there to get the last spot in grandma's will Mm. or something like that just but maybe butter her up or something uh uh-huh yeah and she really loves christmas and so does max like the movie um and she's so disgusted with the family that she rings this bell that calls krampus down and i think you could establish that they're wealthier so you can have a bigger place that they that you know they can wander off into the dark right to be snatched by krampus i would have also made krampus alone i would not have any of his yeah. minions. minions overwhelming the, the especially the cgi gingerbread men which were kind of funny but My- maybe 20 <laughs> years ago right <laughs> i felt like a lot of this movie was 20 25 years well, out of date um I've talked about this movie with, uh, do you know Stephen Bissett? Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he likes the Worked film. Worked on Swamp Thing? Yeah, because it reminds him of those 80s movies, like the Charles Band movies, especially uh, one called Dolls, uh-huh. where there's this like vision of a killer teddy bear. And, yeah. Um, and I uh, Yeah, there were some points of that I liked, and I kind of th- got the feeling they were going for an 80s vibe but i don't know what happened i don't know where this movie went wrong really um well one one of the things uh, i found um i was wondering what was happening to the people who were disappearing yes there didn't didn't seem to be high enough stakes i didn't know if they were just being put in a sack like the uh you know the krampus sticks kids in a basket and yeah um yeah i i, I I was wondering what was happening to them. Yeah, I thought they have that um, 
little animated bit in the middle, which felt out of place. I think they were going for a kind of Rudolph yeah, Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And, but doing it computer generated, it just it didn't work. Right. It would have been great as a movie by itself. I was thinking of Coraline. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is really good. Yeah. But, yeah, I should have been thinking of like, Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of set up what Krampus was, but I think it was too late in the movie by yeah. then. You didn't really know. I mean, yeah, you didn't have any stakes. You didn't really know what was going on with right. these people. Where yeah. were they going? What, you know? Well, I had a creeping feeling um, that the enemy was going to be so overwhelming that uh, as soon as he made his move, that'll be it. That'll, that's your last 10 minutes of the film. So that that's why they were holding off for so long. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and they get to this uh, stage where everyone falls asleep. Yes. And the battery winds down on his laptop. And, yeah. And I felt that was how the movie felt to me. That it just ran out of energy. And uh, <laughs> they were just marking time until... Finally, the Krampus shows up, and then then he's got his whole army with him, and then then it's all over. Yeah, yeah, I um, totally. There's no way they were going to resist. No. Um, thoughts? Well, I kind of felt like you know the, the the pacing of the movie was fine as far as like how it was moving forward for that first twenty minutes or so. I mean, it felt like okay, we're it's all very tropey. It's all very trite stuff we've seen and heard before. And like I said, the the jokes were just so, you know, uh, average and dumb that you couldn't possibly regard them as funny unless you were You those... didn't think squirrels playing with his nuts was a funny lie? Oh, that was hilarious. Or when the, the old lady said fuck. <laughs> well, that's funny. <laughs> Whenever an old lady says fuck, that's always funny. No, you could gauge how stupid the jokes were by the teenagers about three rows behind us laughing crazily at them. <laughs> I mean, that, that's your barometer right there for how stupid and bad a joke is. And uh, and any of the jump scares that actually startled them. And they were very vocal about it, if you remember. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. What really what really stops me in a movie from from enjoying it is if I don't care about the characters one way or the other, if I can't like them or really dislike them or hate them. Yeah. And they were so cardboard cut out. Yeah, there was nothing there. The, Even being tropey, the two-dimensional there characters, were nothing there. Yeah, the the um the tomboy daughters, uh the the kid we mentioned earlier, um it it, it all just didn't really feel like they could exist in reality at all. Well, uh, Emily was impressed that the teenage daughter of the um, Max's family was actually likable. She was. Because uh, so often the teenage daughter in a, a movie yes. family is just this wretched... It, hormonal and mean. Yeah. 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 Disagreeable. Like, for example, the girl in Uncle Buck, For you know, if you go back that far. Uh, now, her name was Beth, Max's sister. Um what I found kind of interesting, this is it's going to be a long go around to get to this, but um, I printed out some information about the Krampus here somewhere. Okay. I don't know if I have it. I've got a little bit about um, 
Yeah, uh, Europeans have been exchanging these greeting cards since the 1800s, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. He is also <laughs> shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. Weird. I kept waiting for that. Which was weird. In some, Krampus has sexual overtones. He is pictured pursuing buxom women. Now, that being said, uh, that makes the Krampus a tit man or a breast man, however you want to say breast it. Breast man. Now... That being said, let's rewind to the beginning of this movie when they get their portrait taken at the mall during all this Black Friday madness. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus is checking out Beth's behind. Yes. Santa's an ass man. Oh, okay. So there you have it. (laughs) Big payoff, I know. I just thought I'd throw this out there. So. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. This is so the Krampus likes him coming and Santa likes him going. Okay. That's all I have. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's your lesson in folklore for tonight. Yes. That, okay. So lesson I, in German yes, folklore. Uh, this is your history class on what's important about this long Bavarian tradition. Well, he's in, he's this like Alpine folkloric character. So those villages are so isolated. They've got their own versions of Krampus, mm-hmm. depending on where you come from. That was my second idea for a rewrite. Scrap the whole family thing, have a ski camp for rich brats mm. <laughs> in an isolated German, you know, yeah. countryside village. Oh, a and stock and slash. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. There you, you really fit the 80s movie. And get somebody who can write comedy. Oh, yes, please. I mean, anybody. Anybody. Your average person on the street could probably write better jokes than these. So with all of that being sort of the setup that we've got this, you know, this disagreeable get together of the the sister and her family and all the all these people coming together under one roof. The the boy kind of really loses his mind when the um, tomboy cousins steal his letter to Santa mm-hmm. and read it aloud. And they call this poor kid Maxipad. His name's Max, and they're calling him Maxipad and taunting him. And no parents step in to straighten out any of the bratty kids. No. And after all this little bit of drama, Max, um, he loses it, and he's fighting Stevie to get the letter back. He starts yelling about wishing Christmas was like it used to be and how he hates the holiday now and his dysfunctional family. And I'm thinking, really dysfunctional? It's like they live in the cul-de-sac in this McMansion and they've got Mm. all the comforts you could ask for. I mean, the only problems they could have are total first world problems. Yeah. And he's just bent out of shape about all of this. And Yeah, he's a kid. He doesn't get it. But all the kids... Yeah, that leads me to wondering why they made it seem as though... Max was being the one punished? I mean, he was, but I didn't really follow that. And this was all his dream, so he's just taking... He's personalizing everything. Yeah. Because it's his dream. But uh, the dad goes upstairs to comfort the son, and, you know, he talks about how this is the time of year where you have to deal with your family and all this stuff, and you just have to put up with it. And... This is just like when we were talking about Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. It's like, I don't understand these people who hate their families and they all hate each other. It's like, why get together then? Just stay home. If it's it's that bad. Or he's a kid. Go in your room and play with one of your many electronic devices. That's that's such a welcome distraction when you have loathsome relatives over. 
But uh, he tears up the letter and throws it out the window, and it blows up like that that feather from uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. <laughs> See, <laughs> it was just like something out of Forrest Gump. It goes fluttering into the air, just to be put back together magically and. Um, I think we should have seen more of the townspeople because I mean, we saw we'll no spoil it. There was a snow globe involved in the dream at the end. Yes. Uh, cause they're really in hell <laughs> and, <laughs> in a dream. Right. And I read wrapped up in a wheel <laughs> dipped in a riddle. Yes. I didn't get that. At, at the end, I thought, well, this is implying that this is one of many stories. I didn't get that. Oh, they're in hell and they're in their little globe. I didn't I didn't pick that up. I figured it was a Groundhog's Day kind of thing, oh. that they would have to relive this perfect Christmas forever. Are we talking about the ending now? Yeah, we're talking about the we're ending. We've for... skipped ahead. <laughs> it's called Cut to the Ending. It's... Cut to the Chase. So when... Um... When this letter goes blowing into the wind like Forrest Gump and gets reassembled by the Krampus and awakens his wrath or whatever, uh, the very next thing that happens is the power goes out. And the storm is so bad that it's not even really believable, in my opinion. I don't think it's bad enough. No? What do you think should have happened? I've lived in places where they've had blizzards. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, they, they have a good, like, 20 hours or so of vision in, oh, the, in yeah. the movie. I guess that's, yeah. I've been in blizzards where you can't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. yeah. So if you were in one of those blizzards and um, you had a teenage daughter, would you just happily send her out into the night? No. Not yeah. alone, definitely. How about these Parents of the Year award winners? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, just... Uh, God, to be fair, it was not later. night when they sent her out. <laughs> Um, but they did send her out and things got worse and worse. Uh, when they finally talk about, you know, Omi is later in the movie, Omi, the grandma is looking nervous by the fireplace. And Tom talks about the dad, Tom talks about the need to board the house up and they're going to go look for Beth in the morning. You're going to find a Beth sickle. She's going to be dead as fried chicken out in the snow. Isn't she? I mean, it's a blizzard. Yeah. I mean, unless she made it to the boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And in which case, she's drinking schnapps and snuggling with the boyfriend. You know, body heat to keep warm. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a grandkid. <laughs> yeah. Nine months from the blizzard. <laughs> what, what would be a good... Nativity scene. What would be a good name for that kid, then? Snowy. Snowy. <laughs> Blanco. Um, Chilly Willy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is just kind of plunking forward with this impossible scenario. Bert. Yes. We were really <laughs> feeling the cold at this point. There. Oh, another name, Bert. Oh, oh, Bert. <laughs> anyway. Hey, did you ever notice in that uh, Frank Capra film, It's a Wonderful Life? Bert and Ernie, the cab driver and the cop? Yeah. Yeah. You noticed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where they got Bert and Ernie. <laughs> exactly. Just a little side note for our listeners who don't notice the obvious. Don't discuss a better movie when we're discussing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing with this movie. It's got one of my very favorite Christmas films. It opens films with right a Christmas carol yeah. right at the start, yeah. which uh, 
Can we? Call I this? thought they were kind of play off of, but then it yeah. didn't really. I don't know. It didn't do anything with it. Can we? Can we categorize this as a cardinal sin of movie making? Is mm-hmm. to include. Yeah. So not only is has she got that movie on in the kitchen. Uh, Max comes up and says, "Oh, let's go and watch the Peanuts Christmas show," mm-hmm. which is great too. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then later. They're watching some little crappy computer animated elf on their iPad. Yeah. The girls are. And it sounds like Linus, but clearly, I think they were trying to invoke a Charlie Brown Christmas, but they couldn't get the rights to any Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas things. Also, if any listeners out there know what part of Psycho they used. Yeah. Because it was covered in the credits. Yeah, in the credits, they, they say thanks for letting us use Psycho, but... And I, and I wondered, was it just like the house was in one of the snow globes, maybe? I don't know. I did hear this movie was cut from being an R to a PG-13. Yeah, hmm. the studio did want a PG. Which I think it felt like it during a lot of the creature attacks. Yeah, I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah, I did not know what was going on either. Yeah, there was a lot of... Um, Very cam- close up. Yeah, camera racking around and close ups and screaming and mm-hmm. things dropping and things flailing. Yeah. Um, back to Beth though, um, when she's walking through the storm and sees this large creature perched on a roof and then jumping from rooftop to rooftop, that was good. Yeah. It looked cool. Mm -hmm. I think it could have used maybe just one leap, but it was going, it was skipping along, you know, from rooftop to rooftop. I, I felt like they gave us too long of a look at the creature at that point in time. And did you notice that every time this thing made a move, it was completely crushing and destroying what it landed on and making the biggest, loudest thumping. Mm. After a while, all the thumping from the minions and from the Krampus itself, it, it all just got to just sort of, I became numb to it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just over the top. It would be more impactful if they just, here it comes and you could hear the big thumping of the hooves and mm. then... You know, if it landed on the roof and it shook the house and some dust came down, that would that would really like if you had to wait for it, it would mean more. Yeah. So that was my complaint about what Beth witnessed. But um, when uh, when she finds the the delivery guy in his truck frozen to death with a fearful expression on his face, she decides to hide underneath the truck as the creature lands on the ground. And then she sees the hooves and you can see some like costume stuff kind of hanging down like the jingle bells the trim of the costume so you get that it's an old european santa-like costume on this big goat hoof creature and then to her side she sees the jack-in-the-box playing a tune and then the little creature pops out and attacks her i felt like what was this 15 20 minutes into the movie and our character who is arguably the best part of the movie is gone uh I don't know if she was the best part of the movie, but... No, the best part of the movie, and I have a note here, um, the gingerbread men with a nail gun. <laughs> Far and away the best part of the movie for me. Yeah, that was entertaining. That was very Gremlins. It was. Yeah, gremlins and dolls and... Uh, what's the Gary Busey one? Ginger Dead Man? Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it, but... It looked... I don't know that one. That yeah. sounds oh, good. Yeah. yeah, there's tons of those. The, those Ghoulies and the first Ghoulies, Troll yeah. movie. And... Charles Band, man. Troll 2 also. Yeah, yeah the full moon features. Uh, mm. So Ghoulies was one, right? But um, Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead Man, I guess it is, is Gary Busey. 
and it's it's a Charles Band full moon thing. Hmm. So I mean, a lot of a lot of groundwork laid with Puppet Master. Like, how do we make these things move? No problem, Gingerbread Man. <laughs> so Tom and Sarah become concerned when Beth doesn't return. Really, it's like the next day, or late that night, or whatever. It's like you guys don't. They really... just never liked Beth. Yeah, it's like she's. <sighs> She's a snarky teen. Well, maybe she'll freeze well, to they're, death. They're painted as as being self concerned, and and she's, you know, obviously been at the Christmas sherry. <laughs> um, yeah, they they you know the course of the movie they're supposed to come together. You know, in the face of a crisis. I read a review that put, and I'm going to mangle this, but basically the reviewer said that to perfect encapsulate Krampus the experience of watching Krampus is to take a mid-tier whiskey say a Jim Beam and pour it into a uh, small pint container of eggnog from say the gas station and chug it down (laughs) (laughs) okay I was going to do that anyway (laughs) so all right. (laughs) Uh, just getting drunk on eggnog and watching the Grinch Merry Christmas um, Boris Karloff version, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't you don't understand how ignorant people are to. I mean, we would call it trivia, I guess. But um, I was the quiz master of a Halloween quiz. Yeah. Uh, one of my former jobs, where they had like a an email network where you could send to all of the company at once and. I was the quiz master for the Halloween quiz. It was stunning to me how much stuff people didn't know. <laughs> and I would ask stuff you couldn't Google and find out, uh, which was great. Um, how but, do you find a Google-less question these days? Um, the one that I stumped everybody on, because I knew, I, knew I knew that some people were just sitting there Googling and then answering as quickly as possible just to win prizes. Um, I asked, what historical figure... Did Bela Lugosi play on stage prior to uh, prior to Dracula? Okay. And wording it that way, they had nothing to really Google. There were no search terms, and of course, it was when I said historical figure, it was Jesus. Oh, that's right. And then I sent out the photo of Bela Lugosi dressed as Jesus Christ. (laughs) Several different poses, like him with the crown of thorns, him with the robes. And they're great photos. I mean, mm-hmm. he's playing the part. He looks like Jesus. <laughs> so, here you go. So, um, Dracula is Jesus? What? The blood... <laughs> Wait, I never drink wine. Wine, well, if it, Do you want to get into that now? <laughs> sure. It's better Dr- than... Dracula is an inverted Christ figure. Because yeah. he, he, like, uh, vampires resurrect three days after death. And yeah. Drinks blood and... <laughs> yeah, there's this. You know, he's a kind of dark reverse of. Uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, doesn't it? So that that was uh, that was one that was really kind of fun to spring on everybody because <laughs> nobody got that one. Actually, um, uh, might want to edit this out. But um, oh, go ahead. Talking of quizzes, uh, I did have time to watch uh, uh, a couple of short things. So I watched um, some Laurel and Hardy. Uh huh. And. Uh, when I was on the general knowledge quiz team at school when I was about 12 years old, um, uh, the, the, the question was, complete this proverb, you can lead a horse to water. 
Mm-hmm. And so I blurted out what I thought was the the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can lead to lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led. And everyone burst out laughing. I thought, what? And they, they, they said, no, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. And and I realised I'd been led astray by Laurel and Hardy. Oh, oh man, man, that's great. Yeah, they did this uh, uh, film called Bratz where uh, they're playing themselves as adults and their own kids. Okay. And uh, uh, that's what he, that's what uh, uh, Stan says when he goes into the bedroom. He goes, you, you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led. Oh, man. It's so funny how many people uh, don't know which one was the brains of the outfit. <laughs> Because of how they played their characters. Was there a brains to the outfit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Stan Laurel. He was the thin one, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He was very smart, very educated, and didn't have much much patience for Hardy. No. They were friends. I mean, they were friends, but, yeah. he, but he was much smarter than his counterpart. Okay. Well, that's what I've heard anyway. Yeah. That, that could be just like any of that other stuff you hear. That old... That old Hollywood lore that may or may not be true. So where were we with this piece of Almost fiction? garbage. <laughs> I was going to say fiction, but... Um, Dream. I can see this movie becoming a cult film. I can see kids like those teenagers sitting behind us and kids younger. It's doing really well at the box office. Liking this Is film. It? Yeah, and it was like 15 million budget. And yeah. it's made over 20 well, as of today, it's in the black. Yeah. So Trick or Treat 2 will happen. <laughs> I've not seen Trick or Treat. Well, the, the, there's been like a couple, of, at least a couple of other Krampus movies this year. Mm-hmm. And I think the producer of this Krampus movie wants to make some more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's doing all right. I think there's, I think there's a lot of, a lot of work that can still be done with, with this material, with this source material. This old folklore. Um, so as the plot goes forward in this movie, you have the gingerbread man attack, um, which we know that ends nicely. When, what's his name? Uh, Tom? No, Howard. Howard. Tom's the other guy. When Howard gets attacked by the gingerbread men, that one is just going to get him. It's flying toward him and the dog leaps up and eats it. Rosie the dog. Rosie, yes. Yes. played by Thor, if Thor, I remember right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why that's important. Why yeah. could they just or call? Why it? you remembered it? <laughs> the Thor dog was an, the second best part of the movie. An excellent performance. Yes, that dog was a better one actor. Of the, um, one of the uh, origins of Krampus is uh, he's the son of Hel, the Norse oh, okay. underworld figure. Well, then that makes sense that they would bring Thor into this. Yeah. <laughs> So Omi speaks English for the first time to tell the family that she knows who's doing this and that it's all their fault. Yeah, she, she speaks German. She's like Krista Studler. Yeah. Um, she, uh, in order to get the same effect for the German dub for this film, mm-hmm. apparently she learned a West Austrian dialect, which would be hard for most Germans to understand. Oh. Huh. So that would be like us hearing a Cajun speaking if we weren't familiar with Cajun speak. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Okay. That's cool. So when they do the flashback, will you notice that it looked like it was from the 1800s or earlier? Yeah. I was wondering when this flashback was supposed to take place. I assumed it was after World War II, but the little village looked like it was 
late 19th century. Before nail guns were invented. Yes. So Or computer yes. generated effects. <laughs> it's got all those like angled buildings like they had in like the old Faust movie. Mm-hmm. It would have been excellent as a uh, as a little animated cartoon, I think. Mm-hmm. But it was a poverty-stricken village either way. Yeah, you know, maybe they never had a chance to update the buildings at all or build any new ones. Maybe. And so there was something about um, she had a toy Santa and a loaf of bread, and the other villagers snatched her bread and they fought with her, and she was very upset and ripped her Santa doll and and basically denounced Santa, and that was her big sin against Christmas, and that's how she. Um, invoked the wrath of the Krampus and ended up with that bauble, which just looked like a jingle bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It said Krampus on it. Yes. If you look at the uh, the Krampus Nacht uh, parades, they have those big uh, cowbells on their backside. The that jingle they buttocks. Shake around, yeah. <laughs> I messaged you <laughs> when you sent me that <laughs> that video on my Facebook. I messaged you back something about or no i i just commented on it that it looks like they must be fans of phantasm because <laughs> they have silver ball buttocks yes it's it's called the uh, that particular place that does it is called the krampuslauf krampuslauf krampus run oh okay so they're just doing a schnapps induced um, dancing march through the streets yeah and they're supposed to there's this german word meaning it's something that's scary and funny Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to mangle this. Schaurig lustig. That sounded accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious, it did. Sorry, I apologize to all our Alpine listeners. Um, We don't have any yet. Okay. Well, I don't know, unless some of them are living in Brazil. (laughs) Hey, Brazil, thank you for listening. Uh, Anyway. Oh, yeah, back to the story. Okay, so uh, Omi lost her parents as they were dragged into the underworld. And she knows the pain of all that can go wrong on Christmas. And I don't know why she waited to say something about it. Yeah. But um, Howard uh, is unconvinced that this is a supernatural happening. And so he grabs the shotgun to go out and find Howie. And when he opens the door, all these demonic creatures are hiding behind snowmen. And... um, Sarah pulls him back into the house. So Tom devises a plan to go get the snowplow and then head to the mall, which feels a lot like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I know where we could go hang out. Mm. It'll be nice and safe. The yeah. mall. Yeah. Find Santa. Yeah. And just, you know, for the remake, you could just cue the Johnny Cash music and head into it. This jack-in-the-box stuff is, is happening, right? Is that what happens next in this thing? I think so. The up two the girls attic. go upstairs. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're lured upstairs by the voice. We're skipping some parts, like when they went out in the Humvee and Howard It's, it's got destroyed, bitten. yeah. Um, Howard gets bitten by one of the jack-in-the-boxes, which is hiding under the snow. Is that what was under the snow? I think so. I think it was one of the normal-sized jack-in-the-boxes. Oh, see, I had no idea what was under the snow there. Uh, but by the time his two peppermint patty daughters find that one upstairs, it's it's turned into like this nine foot long thing with a uh, predator face. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there. I mean, did it eat something else or someone else and grow? Or was it a different creature? I don't know. Unclear. Hmm. So We'll get all that in the sequel. <laughs> I'm sure they'll they'll go back and explain what everything that was the missed. The origin of Jack and the Bob. 
it's it it swallowed Jordan whole this this oversized Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of doing this. Is it a python that eats that un, sort of eats a, uh, its kill and just bulges out and right. just sits and digests as it continues gulping? It was like the creeping terror. Uh, I don't <laughs> if think you've I, seen that film, I don't, I don't think I know that one. It's a big walking carpet that eats people. Oh, that sounds terrifying. It's fantastic. Mm. What's the, let's sidetrack here for a minute and talk about something more interesting. What's that movie where those crystals come from outer space? Monolith Monsters. Monolith Monsters. Is that good? Yeah. I heard some Jack people Arnold. talking about that. Like these crystals grow impossibly huge and then fall over and break into other crystals and then those each grow. And yeah. Basically, it's going to fill up the planet and crush everything if, right. it, if it's not stopped. Mm-hmm. Huh. Then they lure it to an ice skating rink and freeze it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they happen to be in the middle of the desert, so... Oh, well, that's yeah. handy. So, you that's know, a good one. Yeah, wait till the desert fills up. Monolith monsters. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to put that, put that on my list of to watch. Yes. All right, back to the story. Evil teddy bear. Tom is attacked by a robot. I'm I did from... like he was... He kept yelling, Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what we were yelling to ourselves. Yeah, that works in some movies where you have got something like a in the thing. Mm-hmm. You have like incredibly strange things going on, and the character saying that kind of makes it more. Yeah, it's a very human reaction, you know. I think so. Did you like when Sarah shot the robot to pieces with the shotgun? I'm remembering this as you're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really stick in my mind. Yeah, well, I, I, I remember. I remember it now, but yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I've I've highlighted a synopsis. Full disclosure, people. I, I don't I don't retain this much of a movie, unless it's really really bad, like Plan Nine, and I watch it ten times. Um. Howard shoots a lantern, and burns the cookies. I don't remember this. Oh yes, there's like a. a hurricane lamp on the oh, kitchen the, island and he shoots at the, the gingerbread men oh they catch fire okay yeah. i remember now yeah their heads were on fire and they were screaming in pain mm-hmm. and then the dog eats the last one as it's yeah. leaping toward him okay so the family goes downstairs to the living room where the teddy bear the angel and the jack-in-the-box are preparing to attack again and then dorothy takes the shotgun and kills the teddy bear and the angel well you forgot where they put the dog into the crawl space did they yes oh they sent the dog up there to get whatever was the jack-in-the-box oh, in the yeah. crawl space and lots of which i took as a uh, nod to die hard i, th- I was thinking aliens <laughs> it could be that too but well, die hard is a christmas quote christmas movie yes <laughs> that's right isn't it yes and since there were so many other little homages to christmas movies yeah, uh, I thought that was what they were going for, mm. and then yeah, the things fall out of the ceiling, and I don't know, the puppets. They could have worked, but like a lot in this movie, it didn't. The puppets, <sighs> and then there's elves, and, and the elves. I thought the snowmen were going to come to life as well. Yeah, I was hoping for that. I really was. Mm-hmm. I wanted Santa Claus to show up at the end. Oh, I was expecting some battle between good and evil with Santa showing up. Mm. Except for the actual folklore, there's sort of uh, there's sort of uh, counterparts or or. Well, they've been counterparts since the 17th century, where he's with the Krampus is the uh, like the dark side of Saint Nicholas, right. but uh, Krampus is much older. It's, oh, of it's course, at it's least, pagan. Uh, Fifteen hundred years old. Right. 
It's it's a pagan thing. Whereas mm-hmm. Saint Nicholas is brand brand spanking new. <laughs> well, Saint Saint Nicholas himself is he's he's, he's only been Turkey f- from like really um, being followed since the medieval times. Like, yeah. Um, the restaurant. <laughs> I don't remember when he when Saint Nicholas is supposed to have lived, but yeah, he's like the patron saint of children, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so his, his so uh, feast of Saint Nicholas is uh, Nicholas Stag. That's December sixth, and then the night before that is Krampusnacht. Ah, okay. so, so we were that. watching it on Krampusnacht. Hmm. Maybe. I think we were. I thought it was the sixth. Who cares? Yeah. Just while we're talking about uh, Krampus, the um, uh, comes from the old High German Krampen, which means claw. Oh, okay. And uh, he's, he, there's lots of regional variations. So in uh, so, some places he's called uh, Perchten, and uh, others he's called Twifel. Twifel. And uh, <laughs> that sounds very threatening. Perchten is is kind of it can be a, f- a female Christmas spirit. Huh. That reminds me. I I also watched the Twonky. Oh, did yeah. you? I did. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Did you like the Twonky? Yeah, I like that one. I enjoyed it. You know what was best about it was uh, was the commercial for Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, yeah. Yes. What's that, funny is it was for Funhouse, which I just watched that morning. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it in its campiness. It was it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it was played as a comedy mostly. I mean. Yeah, it was a. A, a guy who I gets, enjoyed it. Well, televisions were pretty novel and pretty expensive and new at the time that this was made. And uh, the Twonky was an accidental fusion between an alien life form and a television. Mm-hmm. It like landed itself into an assembly line situation, I guess, I, if I remember correctly. The guy has a television that comes to life and tries to improve his life, but also messes with him. Yeah. Yeah, so... so just like TV. Yeah. Just like TV, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what do you know? There's a little moral lesson in there somewhere. <laughs> Back to the movie. Krampus. Yeah, this thing. By this time, we were getting cramps. Yeah. I did feel a bit sleepy, and we had those nice comfy chairs. Yeah. We, we, we went to that nice theater with the reclining chairs. Yeah, if yeah. it wasn't so loud, I probably could have fallen asleep. Oh, yeah, I would have nodded off, especially when everyone in the film was asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except for all the crashing and thumping and bumping that was happening. So so the family heads to the snowplow, only for the creature in the snow to attack again, which I assumed were jack-in-the-boxes, um, acting like individual piranhas. Yeah, maybe. And they were it gets everybody but Max and one cousin. Yeah. And S- then the Stevie. elves come. Yes. And the elves steal away Stevie. Did I mention that the elves look like Ronnie James Dio? Mm, the elf. Oh, the one elf, yeah. <laughs> that jumps up in the doorway and points. Looked like Dio. Really? I didn't notice. I made a Dio marionette for my friend Paul when I was in oh, college. Oh, I remember you telling the story. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he told me that the was thing... It, was it life-sized? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was. It was about 18 inches tall. <laughs> Rest his soul. Ronnie James Dio. Um, I'm, I'm happily sidetracking from the movie to talk about... <laughs> oh, certainly, yeah. ...a paper mache marionette that I made for a friend. So Is that the one he said was so creepy he couldn't keep it? <laughs> he kept it in the garage because it creeped him out so much. 
it did look pure evil. I, I did a nice job, and I bought those doll eyes that you could buy at uh, oh, Michael's. Yeah. So it had very realistic eyes, and, and I bought this like curly black ringlet um, doll hair, and so <laughs> it was something. So it's like the Zuni doll more than yeah, Dino. like trilogy of terror yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was except for i don't think it ever serenaded him <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome yeah i guess the band brought it on stage for their reunion show they walked it out on stage with them so it <laughs> held up for a lot of years um paul was in a band i guess i mentioned that as though there was some yeah i thought maybe dio got hold <laughs> of it somewhere he's like where's my marionette um, then Max confronts Krampus. He's like, what up? And like, why are you doing this to us? So what, what did you think of the look of Krampus? I have one major gripe. Everything looked great except for his face looked like it was slack jaw and dead. And it didn't make it clear. Because um, like I only found out afterwards that in the uh, Krampus festivals, they make wooden masks. Yeah. I, so is that what the movie meant to I believe that's do? what the movie meant for it to be, was a wooden mask. Mm. Because there's that one scene where you do see like his eye right, and he's very inside s- the mask and it looks like a goat. And the very, rest is very stiff. Mm-hmm. I would have liked it if he would have lifted the mask up for even a moment to <laughs> let you see that. Yeah. Or if somebody knocked something against it and you could tell it was wood. I think maybe Krampus should have been scaled down. Yeah, he was I think he huge. was so big. It, mm. I don't know. It's just like the the actors they keep choosing for the slasher movies are getting bigger and bigger. Well, or, I, I was uh, I was reminded of something when when you see his outline. I was reminded of something, and afterwards I realized it was the uh, Skeksis from. Oh uh, yes, Dark, yes. Dark Crystal. I mentioned that too. You did. Did you? I did. When Will and I were talking, I gave okay. Will a lift after the show. Oh. He said, "Ah, oh, it's a Skeksis." <laughs> yeah. So it, it felt like that, for sure, if we, we individually got the same vibe off of it, and c- the way it was hunched over, and mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of liked the little group he had at the end with his evil horses or evil reindeer or whatever they oh, were. yeah. What was that evil reindeer movie? Was it, were you telling us this last time? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yes, that little bastard. No, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's an evil reindeer movie. Oh, uh, there's a movie called The White Reindeer. Yeah. But that's about, like, shapeshifters. Oh, okay. But, but they're not necessarily evil. I've not seen it yet, so I can't okay. say. So we'll reserve comments They're shapeshifters. I imagine they're evil. <laughs> I apologize to all our shapeshifting listeners. Except Courtney Love, <laughs> you reptilian. Um, <laughs> we're becoming very self-referential now. That's good, because... By 70 episodes of this, I I don't want anyone to understand any of the jokes. <laughs> I realized something. Only our regulars. Yeah. Why the hell are we not doing Jason X for our 10th episode? Oh, that's a, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, now. I mean, can we just, like, hit stop on the recorder and go watch Jason X and come back and do that? No, we did no. Krampus. We, we're, we're into it's the done. Christmas season now. We paid our nine dollars and seventy-five cents mm-hmm. a piece. Yeah, with reserved seats. Things have gotten weird at the movie theater. I mean, I never go anymore because of people like those kids that were sitting behind us. And luckily, the, <laughs> the movie was so loud that we couldn't hear them. 
except for the parts where uh, they were very surprised by the obvious. All right, so Krampus uh, takes his claw and wipes uh, Max's tear and um, blah, blah, blah. Opens a big, massive hole in the ground with a hellish underworld showing through. The, uh, the elves hold Stevie over it until Max tells the Krampus that he knows it's his fault and all this stuff. And then he offers to take her place. And the Krampus wipes his tear with a claw. All right. Okay, fine. So he's, he's, he's not all monster, but then the elves start laughing and they throw Stevie in the hole, which was like, okay, that's cool. It's like, all right. So maybe he was just faking him out. I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting. And then, and then they throw Steve or uh, Max, Max in the hole. Yeah. The end. That's what I expected. Yeah, I think I leaned over toward you and said, the end. Yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. Roll credits. No. <laughs> no. Of course not. It was all a dream. Are we going to talk I about imagine, ending now? I yeah. imagine the people that had been killed earlier were already in that dream world. I would think so. Because Max is the last <laughs> one to die. He's it, the last one to wake up. Isn't at some point one of the snow people looks like one of the kids? Yes, I couldn't figure that. I looked taken. like Howie Jr. or whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, I thought oh, it's this interesting idea. It's kind of like uh, phantasms, you know, the dwarves in that. Yeah. But that that, that never went anywhere That never either. went anywhere either. Just like uh, mom was making creme brulee and I was certain that little blowtorch was going to come yes. back into play. Yeah. Chekhov's so blowtorch. kind of blow focused torch. on it. <laughs> yeah. And hey, maybe they did and they edited it out later. Maybe. But, mm. I don't know, man. I mean... Are we going to talk about the ending now? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the ending. Go. Go ahead. Talk go, about go it. Go ahead, Jillian. All right. So we've got this. We're going to give it away now. Yes. Uh, so the camera pulls back and uh, the whole family is enjoying Christmas. And Max seems to be aware of it, but no one else does. That they're inside this snow globe. Yeah. And uh, the camera pulls back and there's shelves and shelves full of snow globes. And you assume there's other families trapped in a christmas limbo hmm. yeah uh it um, kind of reminded me of jeepers creepers at the end, end of that <laughs> um but the snow globe ending has a history hmm it wouldn't I, be citizen kane would it the granddaddy of snow globe <laughs> movies is citizen kane i was gonna say that's where the only i can think of. where he says the he says rosebud yeah and drops the snow globe mm-hmm. okay um Setting off the whole search for Rosebud. Right, but the... Uh, Which it, I won't spoil. If you want to look up <laughs> snow globe endings, what you're going to get is this TV series called St. Elsewhere. And in oh, 1988, the final yeah. episode of it, uh, it the uh, camera pulls back and the hospital is inside in a snow globe. A snow globe. And that has been parodied. I found at least uh, like four different TV shows that have done a parody of it. So it's... It's a known thing. I, I wasn't aware of it before because I don't watch much. I TV. remember that st- that saying elsewhere. Right. So it's been parodied on uh, news radio, Thirty Rock, Craig Ferguson, uh, Working. Um, there was also a movie called Snow Globe, a Christmas movie. I think it was a TV thing mm. in two thousand seven, where it's a magic snow globe. So do you think they're going to be held prisoner for all eternity by this evil being? Yeah. Sure, why not? 
better question is who cares? It's <laughs> always my answer. Sure, why not? There were a bunch of jerks on a cul-de-sac not realizing how good they had it. And the, the ideal song, they might have not have been able to afford it for this film, but there's there's like a Elvis did a song called uh, Why Can't Every Day Be Like Christmas mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, then there was this there's this uh, one that plays every year in Britain, um, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by a Wizard. Um, I thought either one of those would have yeah. slotted in nicely. Hmm. I forget which one they actually did use. Um, I'm tempted to put in one of our rubber band Christmas songs which here. But they... We're going to save that for the Christmas <laughs> what did they play at the Evil end? episode. It wasn't Santa Claus is Coming to Town, was no. it? No. no was the... that at the beginning? Well, the intro at the beginning was it's beginning it to look, look a lot, lot like Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, well, do you recommend it? Do I recommend it to children and halfwits? Yes. <laughs> I would say I would give a person a warning that if you want this just for fun, go ahead, go see it. Um, but not, I mean, not really. I, I really, if it's on TV at some point and there's nothing else on. I've watched Go Jingle ahead. All the Way. Okay. <laughs> Have you? No. Is that the Schwarzenegger one? Yeah. Yes. With Sinbad. Oh, man. That is a pile. <laughs> it is. <laughs> wow. To get we that, should have watched is, that. What is What is the name of that <laughs> stupid doll? Is it, it's uh, not Ultraman. It's a... Uh, oh. I can't remember. I know at least one of our regular listeners is going, you idiots. You idiots. It's... Stupid Power Joe. Man or whatever he's yeah. called, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, Schwarzenegger wants to get his kid this oh, hot right. action figure. Who's right. Some superhero. I don't know what it's. I mean, yeah. fake superhero, but yeah, I don't remember what he was called. Action Man or yeah. Let's let's look this up real quick because we don't want any of our listeners to be screaming at us for longer than they already are. You fool! You're ruining Jingle <laughs> all the way. Well, after after we watched the movie. Uh, me and Emily went to a restaurant. We had, um, uh, I had a Ninkasi Dawn of the Red IRA, which I do recommend. Mm. Turbo Man. <laughs> Turbo Man, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. This is just terrible. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've sat through that. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how all of these kind of Hallmark made for TV Christmas movies, it's always. The spirit of Christmas versus business. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was vaguely aware that that was a thing, but never noticed how pervasive that theme was until this person was talking about uh, having watched several of these movies, and it was always, oh, but this person is too caught up in business. <laughs> it all goes back to the Christmas carol, I imagine. I guess it does, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, poor Ebenezer Scrooge. He was so misled. All he had to do was listen to Jacob Marley. The chains I wear were forged in avarice. Blah blah blah. <laughs> you ever you ever been in the a Christmas Carol as a play? No, but I was in the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Were you? What did you play? In high school, I played the Grinch. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, that's great. <laughs> we went to five elementary schools and performed it, and then once in the auditorium. Well, tell us about the costume and the makeup. Uh, I'm dying to know. I was green. I had green <laughs> makeup on and a green 
sweats. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> what did you expect them to be? <laughs> but you guys might take it in a different direction. Oh. Did so? Who played the dog? My cousin. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So there you have that. So. How did it play as adapted to a stage play? Uh, it ran for six weeks. Wow. <laughs> Sold out shows. Um, Very captive audiences, we, weren't they? We just, we just acted it out while the Boris Karloff narrative played. Oh, um, really? Narration played. So. That's great. Did you have to lip sync to the parts? Yes, oh. and dance about. <laughs> That's and great. all our props were like cardboard, but painted sort of scroogey or uh Seussian. oh that's great <laughs> did anyone videotape this i mean i know it was... god i hope so i hope it's out there <laughs> well it'll be on vhs yeah yeah i doubt anybody had a 35 millimeter or anything film running on you no it would have been vhs one of those shoulder cams yeah oh man oh well, I, I had a bit part in um, A Christmas Carol, and my older brother played Scrooge, and he did a good job. So um, I've, I've been in the play, and I realize how, you know, the story is just a big moral lesson. I uh, Sort your fucking life out, mate. I seem to play a lot of cranky older people in plays. <laughs> who, else have you, who else have you played? I played an old guy in Brigadoon. Um, and I had, I wore like, uh, knickers and a suit, you know, uh, knickerbocker <laughs> pants. And yeah. I like... went to pick up pizza for the, uh, the final dress <laughs> rehearsal and this, I, oh, the suit was green and this guy comes up and he's like, you better watch out. They're going to get you. And I started getting nervous cause I was like, it's just a costume. What is he going to beat me? Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, they're going to get you. And then they're going to get your gold. <laughs> I realized, oh, he's making a leprechaun joke. <laughs> You're not going to get me gold. Yeah. I was certain it was going to be a fight in the pizza hut. <laughs> but then Coolio would come around the corner and defend Something, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to get you and your gold. Oh, man. Jolien, have you ever been in any Christmas plays? Yeah, I was always pulled into the nativity plays from oh. from nursery school upwards because I could remember lines. Oh, uh, so I was like Joseph usually. Oh. I remember like in nursery school there was like a there was one of the kids who was playing a shepherd and he couldn't get the concept of pointing. He was supposed to point at the star and uh, raise his hand and go, "Look, a star." But he, he didn't understand what pointing was, so he'd make a fist. So it looked like he was like power or uh, cursing or, the sky. And I said no with your fingers, so he'd like splay his fingers like he was gonna like shoot it. Like yeah. A... How old was this kid? Are we talking like a five-year-old, six-year-old? Yeah, or are we talking five or six? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about nativity scenes. Yeah, I was in those as a kid. Oh man, yeah, it's so weird to think that. Um... That religion really wasn't separate from from uh, the educational system until I don't know how many years ago. And they quit showering in PE class too. I found out. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know this, but it's like, what's the worst how possible? You need to scope out your friend's junk if you're. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to go through some elaborate ruse to do it now. Apparently. Ah. No, we were watching some documentary about this guy who was very concerned about his small penis. And it was called Unhung Hero. 
And so he's, which I don't know why he'd want to make a documentary about this that. This is a Christmas movie, right? No. <laughs> We're sidetracking from Christmas here. So, uh, so his letter to Santa was... <laughs> he wants a bigger wang. Um, no, he he goes back and, and talks to all of his friends and past girlfriends and whatnot. And this guy is only like in his maybe mid-20s to... He could be 27 or so. I don't know. But he, one of the people he talks to is his family doctor. And uh, he was in some small community, and I think it was on a little island somewhere, maybe in the Puget Sound or something. And the doctor says, well, you know, when I was younger, we had PE class and we showered together. So you kind of had an idea of what everyone else's body looked like and where you were as far as being average or not, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, now, you kids today, uh, you younger people uh, didn't have that experience because they quit you know, showering in PE class. And I said, did, did they win? I, I didn't have any knowledge of this. And uh, I had some coworkers who were about the age of the subject of this documentary. And I said, did you guys ever have like PE class or did they do away with the class entirely? Is that what happened? And he goes, no, we had PE class. Did you guys shower? Oh, well, there were locker rooms. I think maybe the football guys did after a game. Maybe, I don't know, but we didn't. You just got dressed and went to your next class. Well, that's what usually happened, but you were <laughs> supposed to take a shower. <laughs> no, he said that they did away with it. And I wonder if it had to do with lawsuits and liabilities. Uh, everybody wants to sue everybody. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Why on Strange. earth? Are, why are we talking about this? Because the movie Krampus sucked. <laughs> Let's just admit it. Obviously, it sucked. We couldn't keep. We couldn't talk about it another minute. No, we're we're willing to talk about showering and PE in high school <laughs> over this film. <laughs> I'm sorry, Krampus, you failed. Well, let's just say that the worst thing you can do to a, a young adolescent whose body is changing and who's very self-conscious is to stick them in a room full of running water with a bunch of naked peers. So doing away with it maybe was all right. I don't know, man. Maybe. So. Questions I'm not prepared to answer. Questions we don't even need to ask. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, so, uh... we're avoiding the Krampus. Avoiding well, the we Krampus. We finished it, haven't we? We finished. We did finish. And I don't think any of us would recommend it. Unless we're stuck in a snow globe talking about <laughs> PE classes. Yeah. It was like 50 degrees today. <laughs> it was nice today, yeah. Yeah, it was a nice day. You're trapped at the Overlook for a winter. Oh, you yeah. You might watch Krampus when you're not killing your family. Yeah. Or Scatman oh, Crothers. We did leave out the very last thing, wasn't the snow globe. What? It was the jump scare oh, with a bunch yeah. of evil toys. Yeah, big jump. Oh, and that poor yeah. stupid kid a couple rows behind us absolutely lost his mind when Did it he? happened. Did he actually yes, jump? Yes, He screamed and jumped, and okay. was, you could tell he was very upset that he got duped into a jump scare. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, all this stuff was happening for him for the first time. Mm. So so interesting. It's, it's like watching somebody from a rainforest tribe so how do you experiencing this, something this for the first time. This film would have played to you if it was your first Christmas horror movie, you'd never seen Gremlins, you'd never seen National Lampoon's Christmas. I could see this being enjoyable, perhaps, at that time. If mm. you I were would, about I would nine or it. ten, I think I would have liked this film. Um, I wanted to like it more than I did. It 
Yeah, I did. I did want to like it. I wanted to like it. It had some quirky feel to it that was kind of yeah. nice. There was a scene where they were driving in a car that the foreground and the background looked like they were just cardboard cutouts, and something about that was appealing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too cynical now. I can't take a good scary Christmas movie. Well, it wasn't scary though. That was the thing. It was not scary or funny. No. Right, you know the the two things it was supposed to be, it was neither. Yeah, that the, those were the main flaws with this is they didn't commit to being truly scary or. Whereas Gremlins was pretty creepy and yeah. funny. Yeah. I remember being spooked by Gremlins. I couldn't sleep after I watched that. Yeah, the they, first time they got up to some pretty terrifying yeah antics, didn't they? Right, and it get it gets pretty gruesome sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right, they're they're nasty. Yeah, and they put one in the microwave. Right. Yeah. I was thinking blender, but it was microwave, wasn't it? I think they get one in the blender, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And they were in the original, they were supposed to cut mom's head off. Oh, man. Huh. The movie was evidently a lot darker. I think they killed the dog at one point. Oh, that's craziness. So looking forward to next week, are we going to go ahead and do it? Are we going to do our Christmas evil? I think so. Yeah, right. Christmas you're, Evil. You're doing I've... Christmas Evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're each nominating. We all take one? Yeah. Okay, I'll watch Christmas Evil and talk about it. Well, we could, I mean, we we could all three have seen these movies and talk about them. So what what was our trilogy going to be? Christmas be... Evil. Christmas okay. Evil, Black uh, Christmas. I like Black Christmas best. Mm-hmm. Right, which I just watched recently also. Okay. And then uh, what was that other one? Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. I could talk about that one. Or How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 Ron Howard, no. Jim Carrey. God, I can't. Abortion. <laughs> exactly. I can't do I it. I watched the first 10 minutes of that to see oh. the Rick Baker effects. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't take it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eugenia rented it for Christmas, and we watched about 10 minutes of it mm. before I vomited. <laughs> Well, you can, like, uh, Ron Howard's new movie is like his Take on... backstory of Moby Dick. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I want to go and see a whaling movie for Christmas. Yeah. That's some of my favorite Christmas fare. I liked how they said the myth, the legend. I thought, it's the no. book. It's not, <laughs> it's not Moby Dick, Dick is not a legend no, or there, a myth, you, but you, you I, I understand you, it now. You know there is a story behind it. the backstory behind mm. it. Well, no, it's there's a there was a light-colored or white whale called Mocha Dick. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> it just makes me I think he was a pimp in the 70s, right? <laughs> he worked out of Oklahoma City. <laughs> He got killed with an ice pick, I believe. That's a full-on pimp name, isn't it? Mocha Dick. Mocha Dick was... Mocha Dick, you. I knew I couldn't say it out loud without this happening. There was an actual albino whale, and if we Googled it, we could talk about it to some extent. Yeah, I remember... Hearing something about this off the coast of South America or something. It's been a long, long time since I yeah. so, read anything about that. So maybe that's what this is. I believe so. I okay. believe that's what it's supposed to be. So Opie from uh, Mayberry is going to be making mm-hmm. a movie about... Little Mo- Opie Cunningham. <laughs> Talking about Mocha Dick. I really don't like Ron Howard's movies. Uh, have you seen Drive, the one about 
Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like Drive. Did, did, did he do that one? He didn't do that one. It, wait, was, am I confused? Is the one about James Hunt and uh, Ayrton Senna? Was it called Drive? There's one called Driven with Stallone, I think. Mm. Yeah, no. Was it Rush? I'm confused. Okay, let's uh, look. Let's because Drive had Brian Gosling. In oh it. yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That you're was right. had an awesome scene on the beach with yeah. the lighthouse. Really cool soundtrack. Yeah, that's let's a good see. movie. That was a good one. I pulled up IMDb here. It looks like he did a lot of Curious George stuff. Ron Howard. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, oh, he was an executive producer on this stuff. Right. Well, it was Rush that Rush. you're thinking okay. of. All right. Yeah, that was good. Mm. Well, I'll have to check it out because I've not seen any Ron Howard movies that have impressed me. Mm. They've always seen like television, made for television movies. How about Barry back, Stayed? Backdraft. <laughs> backdraft. The fire was like a character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that well, thing. All right. I think we wrap it up. Okay, so next next episode we are going to be talking about three Christmas horror movies. So that ought to be fun. Um, and we're going to drop in some really bizarro music on that one. Um, I wish I could find the people who made this thing to ask for the rights to use it, but I'm just going to I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that no one's going to no one's going to know them and hear this and even if they heard us using it, they'd be surprised and impressed and wouldn't sue us. Uh, but that, that, that's for next week. I'm not going to spoil that one for you. So anything coming out on DVD or Blu-ray that you're looking forward to? Um, no. I, I can't think of a thing. <laughs> Jolien, anything you're waiting oh, on? You're blindsiding me here. I didn't mean I to. Mean, uh, Akiru just came out. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Ah, great. Is it on Blu-ray or something? I feel like there's something I missed in the whole summer block, but not blockbusters, but, you know, summer releases. I I feel like there's something coming out that I want to see, but I can't think of what it is. How about that horrible-looking Deadpool movie that we saw an ad for? Oh, yeah, that thing. With the the Marvel superhero. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Oh, yeah. Ninja, something or other. There was a whole bunch of trailers before Krampus. Ooh, man, none of them were good. (laughs) There was uh, Ride Along 2. I might might watch that Alien Invasion one because it looks like five five different invasions. That movie, I was like, how long is this movie? (laughs) Because step one, they invaded. Step two, they. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Ice Cube and his... And there were two Ice Cube trailers. He was in two things. And that tells you, when you start seeing all this stuff at the beginning, you know, the, the trailers, it tells you what kind of movie you're about to see. But I love the way he says, Borber Shop. It was like, Borber Shop. That's right. He was in yeah, Barber Shop 6 or something. Oh, man. 4. I don't know. Yeah. And you could tell they, they trotted out all the jokes of the movie for the trailer. There's probably nothing left. Those, those were the high spots. Uh, so let's just say then, um, thank you again to the moon rays for their intro creature feature at the top of the show. You can find them at the moon rays.com or buy the music on iTunes or Amazon. Uh, if you dear listeners can please find the time to rate review and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It does help other listeners find us, uh, other like-minded people. Uh, Until next week, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.
you're going to have a hell of a time editing this.